Welcome in, everyone, to another episode of my top five Dynasty Sashes for the week. Three straight of these, over a 1,000 views. Let's make it four in a row. Jumping into stash number one, Trey Sermon. <laughs> I honestly never thought I'd be talking about Trey Sermon on a Dynasty episode ever again, but here we are. <laughs> uh, he did nothing in 2021 as third-round pick at 49ers. 41 carries, uh, 167 yards, and a touchdown, three catches for 26. 49ers, as you know, drafted Tyrion Davis-Price in 2022, moved on from Sermon. He went to the Eagles, did nothing at all. And this year, he turned up on the Colts. They signed him when Jonathan Taylor was kind of holding out, injured, whatever you want to call it. And Sermon saw minimal work here and there. But in week 15, he finally hit, after an injury to Zach Moss, 17 carries for 88 yards. As uh, a lot of people know, Sermon had a high-profile college career, solid draft capital for a running back. He only turns 25 years old in January. I'm not saying anything magical is going to happen. I'm certainly not expecting that. Trey Sermon has done nothing in three years. But you do know that these types of running backs are the players you want to stash on your dynasty roster because you don't have to guess. Like, you know when they're going to get the workload. You can start them. So... We know that Trey Sermon had talent at some point. So, you know, there are deep dynasty leagues. If you're going to hold someone, I usually recommend holding running backs if I'm choosing. So, you know, just wanted to throw him out there given his game last week. Next one. Now, this is a player that I loved during the pre-draft process. Xavier Hutchinson. He had a very, very solid college career. But unfortunately, he landed on the Texans kind of buried on the depth chart between Nico Collins, Tank Dell, Robert Woods, Noah Brown, John Mechie. Hutchinson kind of got lost in the shuffle, really didn't play any snaps at all for the opening part of the season. Last week, I talked about Mechie on the show. Well, it uh, turns out that the Texans don't like John Mechie, and I can't blame them. He um, cost them the game-winning touchdown on Devin Singletary's long run. His John Mechie's holding penalty wiped that touchdown away. Uh, I may be a little bitter because it might have cost me something. Of, you know, We'll have to see. But either way, Xavier Hutchinson has played 73 and 84% snap share over the past two weeks. He hasn't done anything, though. He only has two catches for 15 yards total in those games. I'm hoping that when C.J. Stroud returns, who knows when that's going to be, probably week 17, uh, that Hutchinson can do a little bit better. But Hutchinson's a rookie attached to a high-profile quarterback in Stroud. And we know that Stroud on a good week can support two or even three fantasy wide receivers. We've seen it. So many different guys have gone off in this offense. Hutchinson's final college season, he had 107 receptions for 1,171 yards and six touchdowns in just 12 games. So stellar across the board. He had decent stats throughout the rest of his college career. It's the type of asset we like to stash because since the quarterback is good, we know that if he's going to get an opportunity, people can trust him in their fantasy lineups. And it also gives you an opportunity to sell uh, for a second or a third round pick at a later time to get something with a little bit more draft capital and a little bit more intrigue. Next one, Elijah Higgins. Now, I was a huge fan of Elijah Higgins in the pre-draft process. I talked about Higgins a lot in the pre-draft process. And as we were approaching the NFL draft, he played wide receiver at Stanford. And he outshined uh, third-round pick Michael Wilson at times. He had 
59 catches for 704 yards and two touchdowns in his final college season. He used this massive frame to win at the college level. And then even better, it was kind of rumored during the pre-draft process, he's transitioning to tight end in the NFL. As a wide receiver, I probably wouldn't have any interest in Higgins. But given the tight end position, he'd have an opportunity to crush using his size, wide receiver skills, kind of the similar model to Darren Waller, other guys who've made that transition. Plus, it's easier to start someone at tight end in fantasy. Unfortunately for Higgins, he landed on the worst team possible. And I mean the worst out of 32. He landed on the Dolphins, the worst team possible. The Dolphins don't use the tight end as a receiver at all. And Higgins didn't even make the team because he's not a fit for Mike McDaniel's scheme. In any way, he literally, I don't know why they drafted him. He doesn't fit. So the Cardinals claimed him off waivers. And then he was a backup to Zach Ertz and Trey McBride for the first six weeks. After Ertz's injury, Higgins started to get a little bit of playing time. Usage has ticked up over the past three weeks, especially with injuries to Hollywood Brown, Wilson, and Jeff Swain. He's had six catches for 91 yards and touchdown on eight targets over the last three weeks. Nothing special, but he's been there. Of course, he's never going to overtake Trey McBride. Trey McBride is a top five dynasty tight end, easily top three for most people, including myself. But Higgins can show his worth and potential in case McBride ever gets hurt or for another team. These are the type of athletic tight ends you want to roster before they show your work. Your Isaiah Likely's, that type of player. So just stash him on the back of your roster. If he keeps flashing, you'll be able to maybe get something for him later. Now, last night we had the game between the Rams and the Saints. Of course, Kyron Williams, great story in the Rams' backfield. But it's important to note that Ronnie Rivers has had an interesting role this year when he's been healthy. The Rams moved on for Cam, from Cam Akers, and Rivers served as the primary backup to Williams in week four, taking nine carries for 47 yards, two receptions for 10 yards that week. Then he suffered some injuries, went on a long IR stint, but he came back this week, and in his first week back from IR, he immediately slid ahead of Royce Freeman and Zach Evans. He was the only backup running back to see time. He had six carries for 20 yards, nothing special, 21% of snaps, but he was out there. Again, similar to Sermon, we see the, the Rams coaching staff trust Rivers. They've had these kind of running backs, Ronnie Brown in the past, or whatever his name was. Um, they've, they've had all these guys in the past. Oh, Malcolm Brown, not Ronnie Brown. <laughs> Ronnie Rivers, Ronnie, getting confused here. Malcolm Brown. They've had these guys who kind of come in, and they trust them. McVay trusts his guys. We see that Rivers is someone that he trusts. So, just someone you want to have on the back of your dynasty roster. You never know what's going to happen. We always want to roster these types of stash running backs. My last stash is kind of one who's just gone completely off the radar because he's been hurt the whole year, Jelani Woods. I doubt he returns in 2023. He had an injury to one hamstring. Then during the rehab, he suffered an injury to the other hamstring. So he's probably going to miss the rest of the year. But as a rookie, he had 25 catches for 312 yards and three touchdowns on 40 targets. It's not super impressive considering what we've seen from other rookie tight ends, but traditionally, that's actually pretty good. This year, we've seen four tight ends see playing time for Colts. Kylan Granson, Will Mallory, Andrew Ogletree, and Mo Alley-Cox, and they've all been bad. None of them have been impressive. When Woods returns, he could find some value in this offense. None of those tight ends have the athletic ability or the receiving skills that Woods does. Um, except maybe Ali Cox, who's ancient at this point. So I see Jelani Woods stepping up. And if he's, I mean, I've seen him on waivers in Dynasty. So 
if he's on waivers, he barely has a DLF ADP, I would go and add him now uh, before people realize that he's healthy. Now, if you like the video, of course, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the channel. It's the best way to support. And then additionally, you can always sign up for the Patreon. The link is in the top right corner, which I can never point to, uh, of the video. Uh, and only patrons get to ask advanced questions for the YouTube. This week, I did a bunch of questions on my Dynasty Cell show yesterday, which you should all check out. It was a great show. But uh, I do have one extra question that we're going to read now, and then uh, we'll wrap up. So a temperature check on James Cook. Well, <laughs> James Cook was a superstar last week, and uh, I have him a Dynasty running back 13. But as always in that range, I'm very, very cautious about the running backs. If I could get a mid-24 or 24 first for James Cook, I absolutely would. Um, you know, if I could trade him for a wide receiver that I like Nico Collins or something, I absolutely would. I'm not an injured tank Dell. I do not like the running backs in this range. I never liked the running backs in this range. The Bills are not going to go into next year with Latavius Murray, Ty Johnson, and Leonard Fournette as backups to James Cook. They're going to find someone to take some more work. I'm not saying James Cook is not going to be the starter because he will be, but they're going to find someone to take some more work from James Cook. It's not going to be what it is like now. So yes, if I can get a massive return, I'm happy to sell James Cook. Running backs in that range are always overvalued and they just don't have staying power as dynasty assets. Like I said, if you like the video, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Sign up for the Patreon. And additionally, keep checking out all of the Dynasty content we're doing here. It's done so well, and I appreciate all the views, all the likes, and all the comments. And I will see you all later. Peace out.